Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey everyone, Ty Roxon here. Excited to be back with you all again. Another week, another opportunity to do something great. Today's episode is with Mark Fowler. A lot of you know that my particular expertise and passion is communication. You know, how to effectively communicate across cultures or how to effectively communicate your message with impact. So cultural competency and personal branding. And I believe if you have these two, you're able to use your difference to make a difference. And today's guest is someone who's no stranger to that concept. He's on a mission to create business environments that embody a culture of peace. So we talk about different ways to improve engagement, to find a common purpose, and to also make sure that you are listening in a way that doesn't create a divisive environment. These are some of the soft skills that we need to have as entrepreneurs, as bosses, as employees, as people, as anyone in general, aliens or Kryptonians. <laughs> so I hope you enjoy the episode. As always, I've gotten a lot of emails from you all, so I really appreciate it. A lot of you have asked different ways that you could work with me, and you could work with me in different ways. There, you could work with me on a one-on-one basis where I'm happy to help develop your brand as a thought leader in your space, or you could also take on our membership course, membership platform, where we bring on thought leaders from different parts of the world every week and have them really give master classes on different aspects on what it takes to be a thought leader. So there's a monthly version and there's a one-on-one version. I'll make sure I put all those in the show notes. And you can also find those things on my, my website as well, tyroxen.com. But that being said, enjoy the episode and make sure you put a smile on someone's face today. In a world where very few people embrace their global identity and seek to understand their neighbors Cross-cultural expert Tayo Roxon is on a mission to bridge this divide. Each week, he'll open your mind with insights from some of the global minds in the world. Get ready, take some notes, and learn how to be the best you that you can be. everybody to another episode of As Told by Nomads, and today's guest is Mark Fowler. Now, Mark is the president of Stow. Is it Stow Management? Stow Management. Stow Management. He's the president of Stow Management Corporation and co-CEO of Revolutionary Conversations. He's a business growth and corporate re-engineering expert, author, and writer. He's also a business educator, a public speaker, and a change leader. So he clearly sleeps a lot and he has a lot of time on his hands. Um, he, he also specializes in transitioning companies from challenge to achievement by focusing both on enhancing revenues and profits and institution 
cultural and interactive processes that substantially increase collaboration and engagement. Mark is, is someone that's been known as a leader in business engagement field for decades. So I'm pretty excited as we we really dive into what revolutionary conversation truly is, what the I know mentality is, how to foster accountability. And um, it, it, I think it's going to be a really good one. This is for everyone that wants to understand how to communicate effectively. So welcome to the show, Mark. Thank you, Taylor. Pleasure is mine. So first question that I have for you, I always usually start off the podcast of this is really, how did you get started into this? You know, who is Mark Fowler? Wow. <laughs> well, um, I started out um, as a CPA in business. I think we don't want to go too far back. <laughs> but, um, in business, I started out as a CPA. I was, uh, was in um, Hartford, Connecticut, West Hartford, Connecticut, and moved to California, became a um, senior manager at a national, international CPA firm in consulting. And um, I've had my own business or in partnership with uh, businesses for other, other firms for, for many years. Um, our focus in Stone Management Corporation is, um, is the reengineering of companies, uh, a focus on succession planning, um, helping uh, develop underperforming companies in particular in succession planning. Um, I have an expertise in <clears throat> CPA firms. Um, I've worked with over 200 of them. Um, I've done everything there is to do in a CPA firm, yeah. including one. And I've, uh, I think I've just completed my 35th merger in the CPA world. 35th? Yeah. Jeez. Wow. And, and in the re-engineering world, I've probably done over 100 companies. And um, when I say done, it could be companies that were underperforming or companies that wanted to grow and didn't know how to grow. It could uh, I've done any number of bankruptcy situations. So I've got a diverse background on, on how companies work and don't work and what you can do to, to make sure that you don't, um, you don't fall into those traps. Um, matter of fact, I have a series of articles about preventing crisis <clears throat> um, that I wrote for the CPA world. So, so how does that background then lead into, you know, what you do right now? Because I really wanted to dive into what revolutionary conversations is today. I've always said that I believe one of the biggest problems in the world today is, is the fact that a lot of us don't know how to communicate, whether it's with ourselves or with each other, um, each other. And so if you apply that in the company mindset or in the company environment, that becomes a big problem because you're not able to communicate effectively what you need from your team or what you need your team to do as a leader. And I'm so curious how that segued into, uh, you know, engagement and really increasing collaboration with you. Good question. Thanks. Um, well, after any number of years of doing this re-engineering work, I, uh, I realized that there was a gap. I mean, we, we were successful on all these projects and always have been. But I noticed that things took longer time than they should. And I figured out, duh, that it was a big part of this communication. And I wasn't skilled in those areas. So I started taking work, uh, taking courses, and I met my late partner, Gloria Axelrod, at UCLA Extension. She was a master teacher and master's in education from Harvard. And um, she was also a, an actress. Um, very 
exciting lady, and we, we, we brought her on to our projects to help us um, bridge the gap. You know, you talked earlier about cross-cultural interaction. Um, Gloria was a bridge between us and the company sometimes, so that she was friendly and bubbly and able to make them everybody feel comfortable and at the same time educate them. Um, along the way, about four or five years later, we had been teaching classes at UCLA. I invented this um, conversational language, I call it, uh, the SHARE tools, uh, which we continued to teach at UCLA, and American Institute of Banking, and California Society of CPAs. <clears throat> and it's a set of tools that um, can help any, any person, any group. Once the group understands it, it gives them um, a network. Uh, a I like to call it a language. The, um, the, the tool is stop, help, ask, risk, explore. <clears throat> it's kind of like a backward, forward, gear shift-like process that allows everybody to know where somebody's at. If you're asked for, to stop, they'll go, okay, I understand what you mean because I'm wanting to stop. And so um, it was very successful. It increased our uh, success rate with businesses, um, I wouldn't say exponentially, but sometimes it felt like it was exponential. Um, we use it today in workshops. We use it, we connect it to, to, different, to different areas like we've taught classes in sales and marketing <clears throat> and including in the sales and marketing a, a whole aspect of the share tools and revolutionary conversations so that we, we bring a much more humanized <clears throat> aspect to the, the sales and marketing uh, arena. Um, I've started in my, in my presentations on succession planning, I've started spending um, a good deal of time helping people understand how succession planning and retirement and exit planning rely so much on being able to converse with others. Um, you know, and, and, we, and, and also from a, a multi-generational, cross-generational perspective of Boomers and millennials and other generations working together, finding common ground. The revolutionary conversation tools are are uh, uh, very valuable in making that a, a reality. Yeah, yeah. No, that's that's amazing. <clears throat> and and so when you say you invented the shared tools that you all also teach on campus, I'm always uh, I'm a learning you know education junkie, so I'm always interested in how that's applied. Now, if this is teaching on campus, are you teaching them as students to apply to their lives or for, are you teaching them as aspiring, I guess, business professionals who will go into work and then apply that at the workplace? Well, when we taught it at UCLA, we haven't taught there for a while. It was usually, uh, you know, it was just a, a mix. You would get CEOs from companies, managing partners from CPA firms, law firms, secretaries, assistants, production scheduling managers from manufacturing companies, distributors, salespeople, um, spouses are wanting to get back into the, to the, uh, the work, you know, want to get back into the work life again. Mm -hmm. um, sometimes students, sometimes, you know, regular college students who wanted to, to um, learn more about interaction and communication. Um, it was a real eclectic bunch. And they were one of our more favorite kinds of classes because they were three hours a week for, you know, anywhere between 10 and 13 weeks. And they got an awful lot of time to do role playing and, and really, you know, 
do three hours of work with us and then practice during the week and then come back. It was really quite a quite a, uh, a powerful. When the people walked away, they were they were very happy with their their new set of tools. Yeah, yeah. No, I I mean I can't wait. I wish I was a uh... A fly on the wall there. So just before I move on to the next next topic, I'm just curious, when you say to share tools, can you give in the can you give the audience an idea of what to expect when they I guess sit in your room or basically hear you facilitate as you're helping them and giving them tools to become better communicators? Well one of the first things we do is we want to pay attention to their their skills. Um, the share tools which are stop help ask risk explore. Um, come alongside your existing tools, your existing skills. And it allows you to enhance those existing skills as well as tap into learning how to use the shared tools um, more effectively. Um, we're not here to tell you that you don't know how to listen, you don't know how to talk. Um, matter of fact, <clears throat> how I crafted this was by, by watching people in role plays in our, other, in, our, in our active listening classes for about four years. I started watching people do things that we weren't teaching, and I started to capitalize on that and learn about how they use them and why they use them, and then it was over about a five-year development program. So we honor that, and so we, we come alongside the audience and, and tap into their existing skills and help them understand how these skills, um, these tools, really can help them be more effective themselves. Gotcha. Gotcha. Stop, help, ask. What else? Risk explore. Risk explore. Okay. Now, someone, someone like you who's obviously seen different types of companies, you've helped re-engineer companies from all industries. You've also um, gotten into environments where, you know, CEOs and uh, middle management and maybe uh, people on the lower level might not have been on the same page. What, in your opinion, is the biggest communication problem we have today? Well, I think there's a whole bunch of little ones. They all kind of cluster, but I think our biggest issue is the knee-jerk reaction to have an answer and to know. Um, I often say to people when I walk into a, a, a major project is that if I was to write down what I thought was going to happen and how I was going to do it and put it in an envelope and close the envelope, and then when the project was done, I would know that every time I would not have guessed it correctly. Um, you cannot anticipate who that person is on the other side of the table. You can't anticipate the group. Even if you know these groups, you know, you've been coming to see them every day for 20 years. Every day is a different day. Same thing with your spouses. Same thing with your kids. Assuming that you know something and you have an answer. Um, kills it because it draws a line in the sand that says I know and you don't know and that isn't going to that isn't going to facilitate any interaction unless you've got some real risky person on the other side that is willing to raise your hand and say no you don't know and what does that do that just completely we look for a peaceful environment you know we're not going to get peace a peace environment per se but we can get a more peaceful environment and we want people to be able to walk across to each other and talk to each other, and, and we, we use the term come alongside each other. And you don't come alongside each other if you demand that your idea is better than their idea. It's, it's, I took a pause there because I was thinking, because I, 
I had a conversation with one of my clients the other day, and we basically did the exact same thing. She was asking me, um, man, yeah, I, we just have all these problems on our team. I don't feel like anyone's listening. And I was like, I said exactly what you said. I think I said, because you're, you're, you think you should have an answer, right? Um, because you, you're anticipating that the person is going to respond one way and you're already preparing for the answer. But what you need to do at first is to really listen, right? You need to listen for what exactly is the goal between your party and um, his party so that then you can both work towards this common goal. And I, I and I've, I was like, I think he's doing the same thing. I think you're doing the same thing. And sure enough, when both of them took a moment to pause and then really reassess what they were trying to get across, there was, you know, there were way more things that they both agreed on than they initially thought. Um, okay. So I, I, <laughs> I always love hearing when, when um, someone like you validates that, but if I want to dig a little deeper, yes, um, you know, the knee-jerk reaction is something you said, you know, need to have an answer. What are then ways people can then say, okay, I know that that's a problem. I, you know, it's almost a reactionary thing for me. What can I do internally to make sure that I'm a better listener and I'm someone that starts to look out for things that can make me become a more peaceful um, communicator that can encourage productive um, environments? Well, the share tools are, as I said, a, a, a set of language that, mm-hmm. uh, language tools that help you in that interactive process. <clears throat> there are a couple of philosophies that, that we purport, um, that really help the share tools work. They can work by themselves pretty, pretty well, but they work more effectively if, um, we focus on it's not what we know, but what we need to know. But most importantly, and <clears throat> we did a presentation for our E-Rotary Club last night, my partner, Barbara Gaughan-Mueller, and we talked about coming alongside to maximize peace in the world. Um, it's the come alongside approach that we've, that we've developed. Um, and I can send you the link to that whenever you want to, but it's the, it's the Rotary E-Club of World Peace. And you just go to the meetings section, and I think it's probably up right now, but it's, it's, it really delves into um, what it means to come alongside. So let's go back to your, your statement about listening. And I would say that um, it, it's, it's more than listening. You, you, you need to be present. And what present means is, is that you're using your eyes and your brain and your ears. You're using your intuition. You're there. You're not worried about, oh, my God, did I... What did I leave in the laundry or something? Um, or what did I do wrong or whatever? You get present with this individual. So it allows you the opportunity to see this person in a way where you can come alongside them. You could walk down a path together. Um, it's, 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 it's part of using our, 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 our soft skills in, a, in, in even a, a higher octave. Um, understanding that, okay, this person's angry. Okay, they might be angry about something that we don't know about. They're probably not angry at us. But you've been angry. You know, you can understand what it's like to be angry. So you, it's like an internal thing that allows you to, <clears throat> to be more, more understanding about what the other person's doing so that you can approach them in a way that maybe they can connect with you or maybe they can't connect with you, but you can connect some other time. But understanding that we're, we're all connected, whether we like it or not. This, we're on this little planet flying around the, in the universe. And uh, we're, we're, we're here, and we got to make it work. 
and got to make it work one person at a time, two people at a time, but one person at a time. It's like we say, peace begins, <clears throat> peace begins with us and starts with a conversation. Yeah, yeah. No, I love that because you, you know, in that answer, you identified some level of emotional intelligence, understanding how you react to certain things and understanding how that person is reacting to a situation and not really extrapolating that and, and taking that to be um, something else. Because sometimes, you know, you're right. When someone is angry, you're like, okay, a part of us knows that they're not necessarily angry at us, but the part that often wins is the part that's like, this person just said that thing to me right now. And I'm not willing to overlook that because I can't believe you said that. And it does take some level of secure, like, emotional intelligence to say, okay, look, I know you probably didn't mean what you said. Um, I'm not necessarily a fan of people that use that type of word when it's, it's relating to me. So I'm just going to say, what is the best way to get you to feel like um, you don't have to be so hostile right now? And then we can move forward. And then the other person usually says, oh, I'm so sorry. It was just a bad day. And then, you know, that's, that's disarming the person um, in terms of that. Now, in the work, you go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. You're doing it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, well, I mean, I've, I've had a lot of practice with this just because you know, you with, when you, so you, <clears throat> you know, you just move around a lot. You just have to figure out how to talk to people. But I'm, I'm curious though. Like there are in the work environment, you and I both you know, we consult. There are many situations where that's not necessarily what people are thinking about. And obviously there's also the dynamics There's a leader and then there's a subordinate. So some people might not feel like they should say it because if the subordinate talking to the boss, they're like, ah, and then if it's the boss, he might, or, or she might just be new and she doesn't want to be like, I don't want to be like this hard person. So those situations where conflict arises in work, and it's, it's, it, it starts to stretch out for months and months and months where there's enough bad blood and people haven't been able to, to really get past it. It's led to gossip in the, in the company culture. It's almost toxic. Like, oh, you're working with her. You're working with him. What are ways to really break those barriers down? I, I just painted a very impossible situation, but you've, you're the re-engineering expert. So how would you re-engineer that and fix that situation? Well, it, 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 it's, you know, in situations by situation. Um, that example that we talked about earlier about the 70, I brought 70 people in for three days and, and we talked. Um, one of the best ways for us is to begin talking in a way that doesn't allow that to happen. Because when we come into companies, we have to set a certain tone and, um, we talked earlier about the good faith agreement. That's a way to start the process, to slow down the, the negativity and to start honoring, you know, to start honoring others. Um. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. 
In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. But probably the most important thing is, that, is to walk your talk, you know, um, is to begin to communicate with people as if they mean something. And they do mean something. And the, the most, Gloria, my, my partner, used to say, what people really need to be is heard, to know that they've been heard. And you can do that in all kinds of different ways. You, know, can't, you don't have to always say, well, I hear you. You can, you know, you can acknowledge it in, in very simple ways about, well, that's what I've done before, or, or let's talk a little bit more about that as an interesting thing. Or There's a lot of different ways, but again, it, it comes from a philosophy of, <clears throat> this person has value. Everybody has value. You and I have value to each other. We have value to the, the people who listen to this particular podcast. Um, you've given me many ideas about what we can do, maybe even together. Um, it's, it's paying attention to the people. And when they begin to realize you're paying attention to them and that they really know they're being seen, and they know that you're present, life changing. Now, that doesn't mean that we don't have to do workshops. We don't have to bring in and do retreats. We don't have to have confrontational stuff. doesn't mean that we don't, we're not going to, to have to, to do some, you know, surgery around. But in general, you know, walk your talk, be present, understand that these people need the kind of direction that guys like you and I can offer them. Yeah. No, no, and and I completely agree. I guess I'm curious about how way how people can walk the talk because there've been some situations where it, you know, it's it's just so bad. The tension is bad. I hate HR. I hate the marketing team. All they do like you you're just you're you're wasting your time. They don't listen. They're set in their ways. Blah 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 blah. I, I'm I'm trying to be in that position where uh, I'm one of them, and I'm like, oh, gosh, I've, we've got to figure out how to work together. We can't do this. We we can't just keep doing this for for a while. So, if someone is really really hostile, and you want to really extend a bridge, do, do you? I don't know. Do you have any specific uh, positive language? I know you do a lot of language studies that can alter that course of interaction. Well, when somebody's really hostile, you can just ask them, you know, um, I don't want to go through the share tools in detail because that's not where we, what we, we're here to talk about, but um, the most important thing is to accept them. And um, you can pick a word. I'll give you an example from a class. And it's happened, you know, a lot of times. Yeah. Where somebody says, that's BS, okay? <laughs> and, 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 and more. And I just repeat it back to them. I just repeat back what they said. And all of a sudden, what, guess what happens? They were heard. Now, you're in a group of 40 other people. One student's not having a good time. Um, I've had it happen that I remember one of my first classes decades ago where somebody just wanted to take me on and, and I just, just verbalized it back to him. You know, what are you saying? What, you know, that help me out with what you just said. And um, that guy became my friend for 20 years. Um, 
So it's, <clears throat> you can't always be cool. You can't always be that on. But realizing that when somebody comes after you or a lot of people are being angry, they need to be heard. They have messages that you need to hear. They have things that they need to hear. And <clears throat> trying to change them isn't going to do it. You've got to come alongside them and we'll change it together. Um, I remember one situation where the salesman in this big company would never let the order desk talk to the people in purchasing or, or I forget, senior, senior people and their clients or their customers. And uh, it took me a bit, but I broke down that wall. Yeah. Slowly did it. When I say slowly, you know, two weeks. Um, <clears throat> but we broke that down, and we were able to then bring the sales guys and the order desk together to begin to realize that they were picking up different messages from different people. Exactly. And, that, and the, the customers were really messing it up. They weren't messing it up. They were all <clears throat> the salesmen and the order desk were, you know, were trying to solve a problem, but they didn't have the whole picture. And, you know, I just put them in a room. I put 10 and 10, and, and all of a sudden they begin to realize that whoever, whoever thought of this idea that we shouldn't be talking together. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> you, have to, you have to set a level of intent that you're going to help this happen. You may not know exactly how it's going to happen, but you've got to have that intent. If you don't have that intent and you're not present, You'll be bouncing around all day long. Yeah, I, I love I love what you said because in, in that situation, I've been in that situation where you where I described uh, the situation I described rather. And what I normally do with with my clients is I always make sure that they you know that they verbalize what they feel when they feel heard, when they feel seen, and when they feel understood. Right. So that's something we go around everyone, and the whole goal for that exercise is to to help them. Realize, okay, so this is what I need to do to feel heard, to be, uh, to feel seen, to feel understood. Everyone, leader, um, middle management, whatever. And, to <clears throat> and throughout that process, a lot of times what we do is with a series of interactive activities and, and just personal assessment, we start to see how a style of communication doesn't jive with certain, you know, certain ways people feel heard and understood. And a lot of times things are lost uh, throughout the course of the day. It's because people operate, like you said, from their point of view and they're not looking from the other side. And so those are ways that I, I've, you know, um, sought to really break down these barriers. And it sounds like it's very, very similar to your shared tools model. But it's, it's, um, it's like you said, it's really understanding the languages of the people around you and ensuring that, uh, that we are not using an almost ethnocentric view if, we're, if I'm going to use cross-cultural Element because it's not that we're better than the other person or our style is better. It's that um, it works for us, but we have to understand it doesn't work for everybody else. And um, yeah, so for me, it's always seen, heard, understood. So um, yeah, I was playing devil's advocate there a little bit just because I was curious to see if it actually um, it's applicable in your line of work as well. Well, um, the share tools we haven't really delved into them, but the idea of the share tools is to is to go to a, what we call a beyond win-win. Mm. Uh, it isn't just about mitigating um, the risk of, of um, you know, poor communication. The idea is to get people to get into a creative mode because they're all on the same page with the language skills. 
when they're on the same page, we can take them to, and they can take themselves, to higher levels of, of creativity and implementation because um, they've left the baggage behind. They're comfortable in letting new pieces of information come out. They know how to manage those new pieces of information because they're all, on, again, they're using the same set of tools. And the, they're honoring each other in a way that, wow, I never thought we could do that. And I never understood that you knew that. And, and <clears throat> constantly using the tools as a conversational back and forth that allows them to come up with, uh, I don't want to say miracles, but I have to tell you, we've had miracles with, with, with them. It's, it's, it's not just um, risk mitigation and communication. It's about taking conversation to a whole new level of, of fulfillment. I love this. this Mark, you have no idea. I geek out about this. I was telling you I've read 28 books already this year. While I'm reading, if I'm not reading something um, on the fiction level, I rarely read as, as much fiction as I should these days. But it's always about you know leadership, communication, connecting across cultures. And it's, it's interesting to see how that played a role in history and how that still plays a role now. Um, you know, As a, someone that likes to study past leaders, a lot of what applied then, whether it's, you know, friends, the United States trying to figure out to work together or, or England uh, with Churchill trying to understand how to win this, the Cold War. It was, you know, there are a lot of these elements. These countries have to figure out how to put together, uh, put aside the differences and come together to really f- understand what the common goal is. And so whenever um, I'm working w- with clients or, or, you know, individuals, I'm always talking I'm always talking about the idea of finding that shared common goal because there's always that shared common goal if you're working with someone. Otherwise, it's not necessarily a fruitful partnership. But then I always say, well, let's figure out what your role is here and what the other person's role is here. And since both of you have that understanding that it is a a common goal, then let's let's make sure we we, uh, equip both of you with these uh, skills to make sure both of you achieve that. You're... We're both circling the same idea. Yeah, yeah. I love it. Now, your book. Can you talk about your book? What else are you um, hoping the audience gets from your book? Well, first of all, we have a new one coming. Um, Mm. It's called Change Your Conversation, Change Your World. Peace begins with us and starts with a conversation. And we're we're, um, starting... Last night was one of our first major pulls to pushes to start introducing the new things and I and I hope you do take the time to look at our our um, our uh, presentation on Rotary E Club of World Peace Life from last night because it'll give you a whole new um, it'll give you a whole new idea about where we're where we're going with this. Um, <clears throat> we um, we used to talk about being on the same page. Basically, when we were talking about being on the same page, uh, we were talking about being more peaceful. You know, if you're on the same page, you can connect with each other and have more, create a much more peaceful environment. Now, peace has become popular nowadays, interesting enough, that I, we did a presentation at the 2016 World Peace Conference, Rotary's World Peace Conference, about peace in the workplace and how important peace in the workplace is and how important coming alongside individuals in the workplace as opposed to competing with each other. And to bring out something called the law of the situation by Mary Parker Follett. Follett is considered the 
in her biography, the biography of the internet is called The Prophet of Management. She's considered the person who invented the whole concept of management back in the early 1900s. And um, Peter Drucker used her as his basis from all the work that he was he's developed. Yeah, I think you probably know who Drucker, Peter Drucker was. But yep. Yep. Uh, a lot of the situation, the, the, the solution to the problem lies within the situation. In our case, it would be the the, the the next step forward lies within that situation that you you know we run around trying to figure out who's got the answer when it all lies within the group. If you and I got together to dialogue with each other about something, it'll come from both of us. It'll come out of the situation. You might spot it, I might spot it. And the more we allow ourselves that 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 luxury to let nature take its course, so to speak, the better off this world will be in business and any place else, in family, in schools, or whatever. So, yeah, we have a little bit of a high expectation. <laughs> um, no, nothing wrong with that. No, I, and I, you know, I can't tell you how important what you're doing is to the world right now. We live in an interesting time. Um, and, you know, regardless of where you stand with politics, <laughs> with views and everything, the fact of the matter is there are division lines and lines have been drawn. And a lot of times, especially as a foreigner um, who first uh, exposure to leadership was, you know, two military dictatorships, you start to see patterns where um, the, the main goal is just, I want my voice to be heard. I don't want to hear anything else you say. And the reason why that, that's a little bit worrisome for me is that, you know, regardless of how I feel about certain people or, or leaders is, I do wonder at, one, at what point people realize that it's not about their ego and it's really about the job that we all have to do in terms of our positions. And so I, I'm hoping that, you know, as you, you know, we bring people like you to come talk about your experience with, with companies that the listeners here understand that when they're trying to create movements, when they're trying to use their differences to make a difference, it's really about being able to simultaneously be present as well as see the bigger picture of what it is that they want to achieve. Because that level of elevation of where you can both see the big picture and understand your role in the community, I think is the most important thing that we're going to need to understand moving forward. And so, um, you know, hearing you talk is a, is a breath of fresh air. And, and, you know, it's, I think it's something that, you know, just knowing that you're out there with businesses, you know, makes me feel happy because I, I can see how, you know, in, in, a, in, a, in a small way that can contribute to making the world a better way, a better world. Wow. Well, you're a breath of fresh air, too, because this has been a, a wonderful interview. Um, I, I've, uh, I, I love the collegiality of it, and I love the interaction and, and the vulnerability of it as well. You've been very open about your own stuff as well, which I think is something people don't understand how to do. They don't know how to sit down and, and set aside you know, your, your place in the organizational structure in order to have a, <clears throat> a real true conversation about what needs to be said in a way that works for everybody. Yeah, no, thank you so much. And it's, I mean, it's, it's from people like you that I, that I learned from, you know, I, you know, one of the reasons why we had a long pre-call <laughs> was because we, I guess we were both feeling each other out, but we were both trying to understand what the other person did in, in those um, environments. And it's always, I don't know. I mean, it's to us and other people, these things are um, simple to say, but they're not easy to do. Because it, it's going against habits and things that we've already uh, been used to. 
And so, yeah, I always find it as a level of humility that we all have to come, um, come to for us to even start. Because we do have to accept that we're probably wrong a lot of times. And that's not something that we all like to do. So, um, yeah, there's that. Well, it, reminds, it reminds me of, um, I, I, used to, I used to teach classes for the California Society of CPAs a lot. <clears throat> I had this half-day class on um, how, to become a, uh, how to become a partner. And it was really from the leadership perspective. And there are about, I think I taught it for about two or three years, four or five times a year. And, and um, it was really interesting because I would be dialoguing with them. You know, these, these are people who are going to be partners, right? And maybe someday become managing partners. And, and I would be throwing ideas out to them and questions and situations and trying to dialogue with them. And I remember the first time I did the class, somebody said, they were looking at me and looking at me, and, and, and they said, well, what's the answer? And I said, well, there's about 20 of them, I would imagine. It's a matter about how we, how we go after that. And they said, well, it's so hard, she said, he said, because we're taught in school that we've got to have the answer. And I said, well, so I, what I did was instead of standing up, I sat down. And I sat down in, the, in between them, and I said, let's – Let's talk about that need to have an answer. And from there, let's see whether we can, can help you disabuse yourself of the need for that answer. And so we spent the rest of the, not so much on leadership, but on, on the door to opening themselves to leadership. So, because you can't be a leader if you always have the answer. Yeah. Wow. That's, that's a tweet right there. <laughs> you can't be a leader if you always have the answer. Wow, Mark. And that is so, that is, that is something beautiful to realize once you realize that, isn't it? It's just that, you know, um, I'm the oldest of, of three boys. I always, you know, there's a, there was a level of competition growing up and, you know, with me and just a level of accountability that I had to have for other people around me, whether it's my extended family and all that. And, you know, you come from Nigeria, everybody's watching you. So I somehow convinced myself for a long time that I need to appear perfect to have all the answers and, I found myself in situations not even saying the truth. <laughs> like, oh, you, you, you're good? Yeah, yeah, I'm good. I, I have, I'll figure it out. I, I got the answer. And yeah. I, would just, I would say that all the time. And then eventually I had to just be honest with myself and say, you know what? I'm not. No, I don't know the answer to this question. But maybe if we talk about it, I'll have a better understanding of that. And I started to say that more. And it was very weird initially to just start to say that because I was like, man, I... I I started to say these weird self-conversations. Oh, I'm weak now, or I'm not enough of this. And I had to remind myself, no, that's not what it is. It's just actual strength. You're being strong enough to admit that you don't know something, which is not something a lot of people do. There's too much going on to know, and, and you really, <clears throat> again, you don't, you, you just, you can't know. And, but you can work with something if somebody's willing to share it with you. Right. Oh gosh, this is so good. I'm so I'm so glad to hear this. So you said you've got this. So where can people find your books? Because you've got a couple now, right? You've got one coming up. Well, we have one out. We have one out. It's called Revolutionary Conversations: The Tools You Need for the Success You Want. Uh, you can find it on um, um, Barnes and Noble online and Amazon online. It comes in a you know hard copy or a paperback, and it's also in an ebook. And then probably in the next three or four months, we'll have another one out. <clears throat> um, my partner, Barbara Gon Mueller, will be the lead author on that. I'm the co-author on that one. It's, uh, 
uh, change your conversation, change your world. Uh, peace begins with us and starts with a conversation. Um, you can look me up online, Mark H. Fowler. Um, it's M-A-R-K-H-F-O-W-L-E-R. If you look up just Mark Fowler, you'll find thousands. But if you look up Mark H. Fowler, you'll find one, and you'll find um, a way to us. Um, our, um, you can find us on Facebook, Revolutionary Conversations, um, LLP. Um, you can find us, our website is, is revolutionaryconversations.net. Um, and uh, Stowe Management is estowemanagement.net.com. I'm sorry, .com. Um, and um, my uh, email address is e, the letter e, Stowe, S-T-O-W-E, management spelled out at aol.com. And if anyone wants my phone number, it's 310-968-1320. Wow, you are generous, sir. <laughs> um, well, may- Make sure all of you are taking notes, and I'll put I'll put, uh, put a lot of that on, on the uh, on the show. Notes. I won't put your phone number on the show notes, but I'll put a lot of. Uh, yeah. Um, okay. Well, you got it. Um, <laughs> Before you go, I do have one question. This is very important to you. So, the mission statement of my podcast, my movement, my company is use your difference to make a difference. Right. That's because I, right. I truly believe that each one of us here has a purpose, and um, we can uniquely use what our gifts are to make an impact. So, before you go, Mark, how do you use your difference? Wow, good question. Um, I think I think it's my passion to bring people together, and uh, my creativity. I don't have a tagline for it. Um, um, <clears throat> the tagline on our on my Easto management is converting challenge to achievement. Um, but I I I want to take bring the same passion to others so that others can create the environments that. They really are destined to do if they would only be let and helped to do it. Yeah, yeah. Using your super powers for good, sir. Thank you so much. (laughs) Now, this has been a real fun conversation, and I can tell, obviously, we're going to continue to talk more. But, um, ladies and gentlemen, till next time, use a difference to make a difference. You've just been listening to the As Told by Nomads podcast. For more ways to reach out to Tayo and to use your difference to make a difference, head over to www.tayoroxon.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.